0: we're in a really good place here. We've got, uh, despite the challenges, um, we've got a, a lot of really good things happening. And I, I really do feel that with the leadership that we have, the, the community, the business leaders, the stakeholders, I, I think we're going to come out of this successful. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what the future holds.
1: Welcome to this edition of the Keynotes Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Chavez, the Communications Director for the Keystone Policy Center. Thank you for joining me today for the third and final episode in our three-part series highlighting the challenges and successes of the rural communities in Northwest Colorado. In our two previous episodes, we discussed the challenges rural communities in Northwest Colorado face in trying to access funding resources to address local challenges, as well as the impact of the Northwest Regional Council, a regional partnership led by the El Pomar Foundation that is working to bridge the gap between regional and state leaders. If you have not done so already, I encourage you to listen to the two previous episodes of Keynotes to learn more of that story. But now on to today's episode. As you can imagine, there have been several common themes that have emerged during my discussions with Northwest Colorado leaders. Among the most common themes was that collaboration has been an ongoing process among these communities long before COVID and will continue long after. In fact. It was described to me as collaboration out of necessity due to some of the inherent challenges the region was facing. But out of these collaborative efforts came tremendous impact. It also set the stage for these communities to be ready to utilize the recent influx of funding, assuming they had the capacity to apply for it. On today's episode, we highlight some of those successful initiatives and the impact they could have should they be bolstered with these new resources. drivers of workforce development is higher education. Local colleges and universities serve a critical role in training and educating the workforce of the future. Two colleges serving Northwest Colorado recently collaborated together with financial support from the Colorado Response Innovation and Student Equity or RISE program to ensure that local high schools would be equipped with proper technology to provide opportunities for students to access dual enrollment programs. Carrie Hauser, the president and CEO of Colorado Mountain College shares more
2: yeah I mean I think it goes back to you know our earlier the earlier part of this conversation and that is collaboration I mean I can give you a couple of examples specific to Colorado Mountain College I mean we we collaborated with Colorado Northwestern um, Community College a year or so ago to tap some of the rise funds. And got one of the largest grants um, in the state, um, almost $3 million to outfit a lot of the local high schools. I think it's like 35 high schools. It's it's huge with technology so that they can access concurrent enrollment courses and so forth. And so, you know, I think what, what has to happen in some ways, and sometimes we get tapped more than we can provide, you know, resources for. I mean, I get calls all the time saying, can you be the fiscal agent for this? And it's not really in our mission. But, you know, when they make sense, you know, I think some of the anchor institutions can bring together kind of a funding collaborative or a, a collaborative that's going and asking for a grant together. The Colorado Opportunity Scholarship Initiative is another one. That's a program that started under the Hickenlooper administration and has carried over. Um, that's another one that every almost every time that we apply for those, we do it with a coalition.
1: Another collaborative initiative CMC has developed, tackles the housing affordability crisis in these communities. Which we have highlighted in this series. Among the group of residents most impacted by this crisis are college students who often cannot afford even the most economical housing options while attending school. So, Colorado Mountain College initiated a housing project to help meet the needs of those students. Here's Carrie Hauser again to explain.
2: You know, some of the challenges, I mean, the college is, you know, we're building housing as fast as we can and with as many partners as we can because that's the biggest hurdle our students have now. Um, I mean, it is kind of our sort of specialized form of financial aid because if our students don't have a place to live they can't go to school you know with us and they're also part of the workforce I mean our students are the vast majority of them are working for ski resort or they're working in the community somehow or they're you know whatever they're doing you know our students are one in the same you know the workforce and so you know this housing conundrum is probably you know the most significant one
1: It hasn't just been COVID-19 or an influx of new residents that have contributed to the local housing crunch. Natural disaster has contributed to it, too. In October 2020, Grand County endured the second-largest wildfire in Colorado history. The East Troublesome Fire burned nearly 194,000 acres in the county. More than 300 homes and between 100 and 200 other structures were also destroyed in the fire. The fire added to an already sizable gap in affordable housing for middle-income workers. So in 2021, several towns in Grand County came together to discuss a path forward. They ultimately formed the Fraser River Valley Housing Partnership. Jen Fanning, who is the executive director of the Grand County Rural Health Network, shares more.
3: One of the big things that I that rises to the top of my head is um, you know, our towns, the town of Fraser, Winter Park, Granby, and then Grand County just recently created a multi jurisdictional housing authority. It is the Fraser River Valley Part- Housing Partnership, I think. Um, and that was a work in progress of multiple years um, of deep thinking on some key leaders' level. Um, getting community members involved who were impacted by the housing crisis to lend support, bring in experts from the state, um, throughout the state to uh, articulate to our community and to p- positions in power how important this is um, and why it's so important to have it together rather than all these separate housing authorities and, um, And they did it, and it's been really hard, and they did it on top of COVID and on top of fire, and they did it, and it's tremendous, and there's some really bright spots coming out of that for housing.
1: On August 9th, the U.S. Department of Commerce announced that the cities of Hayden and Craig, both northwest Colorado cities directly impacted by the impending closure of the coal power plant, will receive a total of $8.5 million from the American Rescue Plan to help diversify the local economy. Shannon Scott, the economic development manager for the city of Craig, says that Craig will receive around 3.3 million dollars of that funding, which will be used to develop a Yampa River Corridor project. That project is among several economic development initiatives in progress for the city.
0: We, the city of Craig, recently received a 3. Point, I believe it was 3.3 million dollar grant for the Yampa River Corridor project. So basically a whitewater park Um, that's going to offer some great amenities to take advantage of our Yamper River here. Um, So that's very exciting. That's going to help, obviously, with economic development and creating jobs um, and then tap into, you know, our our tourism industry and recreation industry. So we are very excited with that. Um, That has been, you know, almost a two and a half year process to apply for that grant uh, and then receive the funding. So it certainly takes a lot of work. Um, But we're very excited about that. We've recently created an Urban Renewal Authority uh, in the city of Craig. There's actually two areas. Uh, We presented a project last night to the Urban Renewal Authority for a distillery, uh, which the committee did approve. So really cool story behind that. Um, Two of the partners that are going to be starting that business are actually going to be transitioning out of the mines and the plant. Um, And that's exactly the type of entrepreneurship that we you know, we want to hear the, that we want to support. These guys have taken the initiative to, you know, understand that um, they're going to have to transition out successfully. They've, uh, you know, created this great opportunity for a distillery and took advantage of uh, some of the local incentives that we had available. And so we're very, very excited about that project. Uh, we have a really, we we have a lot of really good things in the works.
1: These are just a few examples of the projects already underway addressing the workforce and economic development, housing, and behavioral health needs of the region. And as Senator Bob Rankin stresses, those already existing initiatives and plans are where state leaders should look when awarding grant funding.
3: These communities are they're very independent-minded people. First of all, they they have their own ideas, and we talked about this earlier. So. I want to start with their plan. That's really the basis. But I also want it to be a plan. So what the state has done, particularly in the energy sector, is they've given these people a date. They have now given them a date when they have to move, but we don't have a plan. So what's the plan? A plan is what the community sees itself looking like 10 years from now. And then how do you match these opportunities, this tsunami of new opportunities, with that plan? That's what we're trying to achieve. It's a monumental task.
1: At the end of the day, bolstering turnkey local initiatives is what the Northwest Regional Project is all about. As Kyle Hibble, the president and CEO of the El Pomar Foundation, explains, it's about giving a voice to these communities and implementing the vision they have for their region. Community leaders in rural parts of Colorado have um, great visions for their communities. And what we're doing as El Pamar and Keystone Policy Center is we're coming alongside them and helping them realize their visions. And um, the trustees of El Pamar truly appreciate and um, enjoy having an opportunity to leverage our small numbers of dollars and ability to convene to help communities create something that is far beyond what any individual could do alone. I said in the first episode of this three-part series that this was not a story of doom and gloom, but a story of incredible resilience and imaginative ingenuity. And given the few examples of success that I've shared today, I hope you can see why. But it isn't just the progress on the ground in the communities that make this story one of hope. Since this project began, leaders at both the local and state level have come together to strive to ensure these communities are being served at the same level as their more populous neighbors. The state has also provided grant writing assistance for communities and organizations that need it. Regional representatives have worked with local leaders in planning development to boost capacity. State agency experts and officials have participated in training workshops for the Northwest Regional Council the Colorado Department of Local Affairs has created a database listing funding opportunities available by issue area. And state agency leaders have sat down to record one-on-one interviews explaining what resources are available and how they can be accessed. The bottom line is that rural community leaders and state officials, with a little assistance and guidance from nonprofit leaders like El Pomar Foundation and Keystone Policy Center, are coming together in the spirit of collaboration to navigate the best path forward to best utilize a -a once-in-a-lifetime influx of resources to best serve the needs of all Coloradans, both rural and urban. They are bridging the so-called urban-rural divide and providing a model for the nation of how Americans from different communities with different perspectives can come together to reach common higher ground for the betterment of society. Keynotes is a production of the Keystone Policy Center, a 501c3 nonprofit organization based out of Keystone, Colorado, which for more than 45 years has empowered leaders to reach common higher ground. This episode has been made possible by support from El Pomar Foundation. You can access the resources developed from this project by using the link listed in the show notes. If you would like to offer feedback about the podcast or suggest topics for future episodes, please email me at mchavez at keystone.org. That's M-C-H-A-V-E-Z at Keystone.org. I also encourage you to please consider making a donation to Keystone at Keystone.org slash donate to help keep this podcast going.